did you see LeBron's movie studio is doing a documentary on the Astro scandal? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Apparently, apparently that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I, for one hope we get, uh, like honest facts, like real stuff that happened, not just, you know, play into an angry public. Like every bit of news seems to be nowadays. They could be, it could be very interesting if it's done right. Uh, I've never seen yeah. anything he's done. I've never seen anything he's done before. I've heard people say he's actually pretty good at the whole producing thing. So we'll see. But I'll, uh, I'm interested enough in getting the details to give it a watch when it comes out. But who knows how long that'll take. Yeah, that's going be interesting. Because, you know, if, if uh, there's someone who might be able to get tap into some information, especially if you get a, uh, well, actually think of it. Where, who, what team is Mike Fires playing for right now? Is he in Oakland still? Yeah. Not, yeah. Oh, you could have an angry Mike Fires narrate it. That'd be fun. No, no. You know who has to narrate it? Who's that? Trevor Bauer. When it comes out on DVD, I want the collector's edition to come inside of a <laughs> trash can. All right, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm always ready. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We are here, as always, to bring you the news, notes, and our random thoughts from around the world of sports. Fun show planned for you. Some NFL news and notes. Uh, From baseball, Albert Pujols apparently thinks Mike Trout is baseball's Michael Jordan. Well, we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll dissect that. Uh, What is the best and worst free agent contract that Ben and I have seen in baseball since about 2010. That's about the time contracts got really, really, really inflated on a consistent basis almost every offseason. Of course, there were exceptions before that, but that's about the time it really started happening. But first, we have Green Bay Packers news. Last episode, we praised them for their their savings, their rainy day fund. And uh, we said for once, we were talking Packers and not talking about Aaron Rodgers. Well, we're back to talking about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. However, not as bad as it usually is, because normally it's about him whining or crying or being upset. And doesn't appear to be the case this time, Ben. No, he's not really upset. He's surprised, much like the entire world was surprised that the Green Bay Packers uh, jumped up and got uh, Jordan Love uh, with the 23rd pick in the draft. Um, and I would say, and I'd agree with him too, uh, he is not going to end his career in Green Bay. No, there's no That's, not at this point. No, uh, writing on the wall uh, should be that he is not going to end there. I'm intrigued by the comments. One that's a dose of reality that he's not only given us but given himself. Um, and I was intrigued because of my first thought, as usual, uh, you would know, is uh, what's the next? Where's the next stop? Where's the next landing spot for? Uh, a player and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers there's one place that came right to my mind right away yeah and you told me this and it was uh, it was very interesting because I didn't consider this but what was it well I thought about 
a team that needs a quarterback in let we're going to call it two years because let's be honest, this offseason is not going to happen. Jordan Love's not going to get any offseason uh, training camp this year. And if I'm not Green Bay Packers, I'm not going to chance one offseason next year of Jordan Love and having him ready for next year. Right. Especially with the the weapons question mark that the Green Bay Packers have. So I'm looking at it two years from now. Uh, a team that will potentially have weapons because, you know, Aaron, Aaron's not going to go in and go anywhere without weapons. And a team that it would be a Super Bowl caliber team and has a quarterback potentially on its way out. I'm thinking Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's going to be official at that point. Tampa Bay's just where old quarterbacks go before they retire. Well, I mean, you know, people go down to Florida to retire, right? So, so just have quarterbacks go down there to retire, I guess. No, and that I makes never, sense. Yeah, no, and I never considered that. But, I mean, that that does make sense because Brady, Brady says he wants to play until he's, I don't know, like 79 years old. But the reality of it is we have seen a decrease in arm strength over the last few years. You could have a very good season this year. You could have a very good season next season. Kind of a good couple of years down there, and then we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But, I mean, it would make sense if the Packers are looking to move them. Yeah. And Tampa Bay wants to stay competitive. And Brady's on the way out. Of course, this is all hypothetical, obviously. We don't have any kind of inside information. This is all just going on our, our knowledge of the situation. But that would make sense to me. Um, I... I don't I even know if I don't know honestly, and this has a lot to do with Green Bay's cap room. And I know if they after this season, whatever happens this season, if it were to happen after this year, Green Bay would have a ton of dead cap for the next couple of seasons. So it wouldn't make a lot of sense for it to be before two years. Right. I mean, you're talking twenty plus million dead cap for the next two seasons if if it was before then. But then the third and fourth year, I think believe the third year is less dead cap, and the fourth year they actually save money. So there's no way Aaron Rodgers is in a Packers uniform for more than at max three more years. That that's it, and then after that they can save. I think it's like twenty two million dollars because of the way the cap structured or the contract structured. Excuse me, and then they can have Jordan Love be the guy if you know if that's what they want. It's just funny to me that that's kind of how it played out with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers also. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of where we were, where we were at, at yeah. draft day. It's just the irony is that Aaron Rodgers is getting uh, Brett Favre at this point. Um, yeah. And I can understand if he's a little salty about it and if he doesn't really show Jordan Love the way because it's not really his job to get him ready. It's not wasn't Tom Brady's job to get Jimmy Garoppolo ready. It wasn't Brett Favre's job to get Aaron Rodgers ready. It wasn't Kurt Kurt Warner's job to get Eli Manning or Carson Palmer or Trent Green, Mark Bolger. Any it wasn't their job. It's your job as a starting quarterback to be at the peak performance. So I can understand why if he's not going to be open to. Roethlisberger hasn't been open to anybody walking in that door that is any sort of threat to him. Uh, we, we just presume in three years that Jordan will be ready. They could see something in the next two years where they're like, yeah, this was a mistake and they're going to have to put a Band-Aid on it. That would be the ironic thing. 
Oh, I for mean, sure. Yeah. If it doesn't end up working out with Jordan Love, yeah. And and I did have a second team in mind too. And it kind of kind of surfaced the next day after I was thinking about it. Uh, New Orleans Saints. Oh yeah, Breeze isn't going to be long for that for the NFL. He's already. No, I think after this year, he's probably done. Honestly, based on what I've seen. And and if you look at it, um, Alvin Kamara is coming up in a couple of years. If they uh, have an opportunity to not give, have to give Aaron Rodgers so much money, or especially if his con- if they don't, he doesn't want a contract extension. And they give the extension to Alvin Kamara, and they have Michael Thomas, and they have weapons. Uh, it, it it is a fit, uh, but I think I think Tampa Bay is going to make the most sense at that point with the weapons where they're at. But things could change absolutely. I just feel like it's interesting to look ahead, but I just keep looking at it as. Jordan loves a project and the Jordan love defenders say he didn't have the, the tools this past season, which why his numbers were down and the Jordan love detractors say, well, he had a great year last year, but this year he had a terrible season. So he's inconsistent. We don't know what he is. No, but they clearly saw enough in him to trade up. And I mean, you don't trade up in the first round for a quarterback when when you have a current quarterback with that kind of contract, unless you plan on using them. I yeah. mean, I, I do believe it's a little bit of a different situation than like in Philadelphia with the Eagles because Carson Wentz's contract is a little bit more team friendly long-term and right. he has, uh, I just think with his injury history, it, it's smart of the Eagles to have a backup that they could, you know, uh, have a backup that they could have come in and learn the system and fill in if, if Wentz does end up getting hurt, which, you know, you never wish that on anybody. But, uh, I mean, we've seen it happen a few times already. Oh, you can book it almost pretty much. Yeah, unfortunately for, for Carson. but and, and the contracts line up to where after Jalen Hurts' fourth season, I think either the money – his contract, uh, once his contract's up or the money is amendable to just let him go. So they could make a yeah. decision at that point. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's the same. I mean, also, let's not forget if, I mean, you said before, if the Packers get to like the, the, the second or third year, and it's pretty clear that um, Jordan Love is not the guy, they still have Aaron Rodgers under contract. Right. Like, this isn't like he has two more seasons and that's it. And they have to have this guy. Like if he's not the guy, they can go to him and say, oh, he's not the guy. I mean, you know, the writing was on the wall, but you know, do you want to make $60 million and stay two more years? I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay with that. Oh, um, he's definitely not going to, he's definitely not going to give him that a uh, little bit of a discount just because he's age. No, 40 or 41 at, at, at the time, whatever. It at is this at point, the they know that too. They know, they know they, and any, any possibility of that happening went out the window when they drafted Jordan Love. But I will say this because, you know, and I think if you listen to me talk about Aaron Rodgers on this show, you might get the impression I don't like him. Not the case. He's, he's a tremendous quarterback, and I, I have a lot of respect for how he plays. I don't think he's nearly as good in the scope of history as a lot of people do, but he is very, very good uh, and can border on great sometimes. I give him credit for this because – there's been a lot of times 
he has not said the right things and done the right thing. And he's done things that were a detriment to his team. And in this particular situation, he didn't do that. You know, he came out he said he was surprised, but he's not mad. And, you know, he, he handled it the right way. And what, no matter what he's feeling internally, what he's really feeling, whether it's what he said or he's feeling angry or whatever, he was a big boy. He was a professional. He didn't make a scene out of it. And he didn't make Jordan Love feel unwelcome. So, while I'm sure he's not happy about it, um, you're probably going to get the best Aaron Rodgers you've seen in a while the next two seasons because he's going to make them regret it if he ends up leaving and then Jordan Love comes in and, and can't do what Rodgers did when he took over for Favre. Because very true. How many times could you hit on a first? I mean, you get Favre. I mean, I know they didn't draft Favre; they traded for him, the Packers. Right. But they get they get they get Favre, and then they get Rodgers falls in their lap, and then. If, you know, Jordan Loves ends up falling to where he did and they trade up and get him and he ends up being a success, it's like, man. And you can't forget Matt Hasselbeck. They drafted him. Well, they did, but they never had to really use him that much. No, no, so, but but they identified a quarterback that can perform in the National sure, Football League. Even sure. in the Super Bowl, so. Oh, yeah, Hasselbeck. I thought you were talking about Flynn. My, my fault, yeah. yeah. No, no, Matt Flynn, Flynn was a whole Flynn, different, yeah. Matt Flynn, Matt, yeah, he's a, he was a real winner. Yeah, well, uh, like you, enough a winner for the Seahawks. Give him a massive contract, <laughs> and then never you start him. <laughs> never. I would like to stay on that topic of uh, aging quarterbacks. Okay. An, inter- an interesting little note coming out of Indianapolis. The the Colts are actually considering what uh, Rivers passed this year. Oh, don't do that. You shouldn't have even considered him for this year. Don't do that. I find that laughable. And I find that ridiculous. He's already signed up as a head coach for to coach some high school football team. I don't remember where it was. So as soon as his career is over, he already has his next job, which fine. A lot of players are doing that. It's great. It's good. Good for him. Let's be honest. He don't need the money, so he can go coach his kids in high school football and be happy as hell for the rest of his days. So. And at some point, you know, if his if his kids are in that school, they'll probably have six or seven rivers on the team. You know, because he's. He has a little stable of uh, rivers, but I, I just don't see it going past this year. It's just, I think it's going to be a train wreck to be honest with you. I think the Colts shot themselves in the foot by signing this guy. I really do. They weren't a, ter- they weren't a terrible team with Jacoby Brissett last year. They could have brought in it. They could have brought in another cheap veteran. They could have had uh Brissett and they still could have drafted. Um, who they get? Jacob late. Eason, right? Late. Yeah. yeah, they got him late, but they still—I mean, they still got him. And apparently, yeah. they—they feel that he could be a much a big part of the team in the future, which you're always going to say. So you know, you can't really take that for anything more than face value till you actually see it on the field. Well, let but let me let me throw this at you about Jacob Eason, though. Let's think of it this way, Chris: you have right now on the on the on the team three quarterbacks. There's only so much time you get on the practice field. You know, reps are going to be split up. So Jacob Eason's going to get what stuck with the practice squatters. He's going to get stuck with um, you know, the, the the low men on the total, or if he even gets reps, because you know Jacob Brissett's going to get reps, and you know Phil Rivers is going to get reps. So where are the reps for Jacob Eason? I just don't see him. I don't know. Maybe he can play with Phil Rivers' kids while they're they're waiting for dad to retire so they can coach him. Um, I mean, I. 
I saw them get Rivers, and I, my first thought was, well, there go your chances. Well, not really. I mean, the only the only sunny side to this this uh, situation is that the Jags are terrible. The Houston Texans are imploding because of Bill O'Brien. Like the only sustainable team that that looks like a force is the Titans, and they could run away with the division, uh, very much so. But well, literally, because it's going to be Derrick Henry, right? But but you could look at it and say they could slide in with a wild card uh, victory if Rivers plays decent. So I, I can kind of see where they're going with it because their division is a little a, extremely soft. Like they should go. The way it's looking, they should go 4-0 against the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion. And they could potentially split with the Titans because it's division division games. You know they go tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they had a really good thing going down there. And, and down there, wherever they are, in geographical uh, relation to us, down there, over there, whatever. Um. I just, I don't think Philip Rivers is the answer. It, it doesn't, he, like, he never led, the guy led Danny and Tomlinson and some damn good receivers, one of the best tight ends in the league, in a great defense in San Diego, when they were in San Diego. I know they're LA now, but they were in San Diego at the time. And he, ne- he never got anything accomplished, ever. It's true. Like, uh, AFC Championship game. To which LT was crying on the sideline underneath his uh, his his uh, sunglasses visor, while Philip Rivers had an injury and was still trying to play. So hats off to him for that. But he still never got anywhere. Like he had so much talent there, and then you're like, oh, he's older, he's more injury prone or uh, mistake prone. Let's bring him into this team that was a good young quarterback away from being competitive. Philip Rivers is not that savvy old veteran who just knows how to win. He's that savvy old veteran who just knows how to go eight and eight. That's who he is. He's been a really, really nice stat and number accumulator throughout his career. That's what he's done. Like he only got to the playoffs early in his career. Cause LT was running for five touchdowns a game. That's it. Like this guy is not, he, Indy has an incredible offensive line, a damn fine running game, really talented receivers, getting better on defense. And then they bring in captain interception, and they're like, oh, you know what? He's going to be our bridge guy. By the time he's out of there, they're going to start losing pieces already. This was their window. Now, I I don't completely fault them because I know it's been almost a year. Nobody saw Andrew Luck retiring. That came out of nowhere. I get that. But they have had this time now. And they could have come up with a better plan. They could have offered Brady 40 freaking million dollars a year. A little bit more than they offered Phillip Rivers. And had a guy who knows how to win come in and be on that team. Uh, and they go for Rivers. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't. They didn't better off going for Cam. Honestly. I know he wasn't a free agent when they when they signed him. When it's on Rivers, but still, it, it just doesn't. This is not the right fit for that team. This is not going to help that team get over any kind of hump. They're still going to be 
Almost got it. Almost got it. Almost got it. Oh, no. Fell just short. Because that's what Philip Rivers has been his entire career. Well, since you brought up the uh, Chargers and Cam Newton all in one conversation, I think that that provokes us to have that conversation. The the unintentional segue. So apparently the Chargers, and this is uh, Anthony Lynn talking about it, that they considered Cam Newton, but they like their quarterback room. Chris, do you know what their quarterback room is? Uh, Tyrod Taylor, who has been okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. but he's older and gone through some injuries and has never been great. And then they have Justin Herbert, who who knows what you got with the rookie. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, that, that, you're not done yet, Chris. You, you got one more player. Was it like Johnny Easton, Twi- John, Johnny Twig? You said no. It's Easton Stick. Oh, okay. Well, wrong, wrong, wrong tree part. My bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Justin Herbert. We 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 know my opinion on yeah. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of Tyrod Taylor. I think he got uh, screwed out of Buffalo. Yeah, he's never gotten a fair shake. He got screwed out of Cleveland. Um, so I, I think I like to see him get a shot. He's not going to get a legit shot. I'll just tell you right now, he's not going to get a legit shot. No. Four or five games in, they're gonna they're gonna stink. They're gonna look terrible, and then they're gonna inject Justin Herbert. Um, Anthony Lynn's gonna get blown out of town uh, at the end of the season, unfortunately, just because. You know, you you didn't get out of you didn't get out of Phil Rivers early enough to get a hit your wagon to a young guy like Cliff Kingsbury was fortunate, or uh, yeah, fortunate that he was able to hitch his wagon to Kyler Murray instead of hitching it to Josh Rosen. Um, oh God, yeah. And, and Brian Flores is is fortunate that they had some retreads. A retread in, in in Fitzpatrick, and they were able to move on from Tannehill, uh, and now he's able to hitch his wagon to to a tongue of Bailoa. Uh, imagine if he tried to hitch his wagon to Ryan Tannehill, Brian Flores would be out of town, much like Cliff Kingsbury would have been out of town quickly if he stayed with Josh Rose instead of uh, going with Kyler Murray. I guarantee I just, I, that had to be part of his contract coming in. Hey, this guy's gone. We're taking a quarterback with the first pick. That, oh, had, yeah. to, that had to be part of it. Wow. There's, there's well, no way he's going to go there for Josh Rosen. Especially with the stuff he said. He was tooting the, uh, touting the horn of uh, Kyler Murray, and he, he was actually put asked point blank if he had the first pick in the draft, would he take Kyler Murray? He said emphatically, yes, he would. Yeah. Which is why there was so much controversy leading up to the draft, and obviously it happened. Uh, Anthony Lynn would have would have benefited from a year or two ago them going the route of getting a young quarterback to kind of connect with him. It's the same thing. Uh, Ron Rivera, I think, is a little different in Washington. He, he's you know he can he can work a room. He can kind of live longer than he should. Maybe uh, we felt that he was kind of cut short in Can- uh, Carolina, which is astonishing because he was there for so long. I just think Tyrod's not going to get the opportunity he should, and Justin Herbert's not going to show enough. Uh, Easton Stick is just a practice squad guy. I will say this. The Indianapolis Colts should look at this and say, this is what we should have done. We have a veteran in Jacoby Brissett. We drafted a young guy in Jacob Eason. If you think of him, what you think of him? 
and then we can get a practice squad guy, a 54th, 53rd guy on the roster to be our third quarterback. Right. Fine. But now Tyrod can get the first team reps. Justin Herbert can get some reps. If Justin Herbert's going to get some uh, first team reps, great. Uh, obviously, you want your starter to work with some of the backups just in case we have some injuries. And if the preseason happens, then Tyrod's going to get some play, but they'll hold him back. Justin Herbert will get a decent amount of play. And then the third string guy will get the obligatory, I'm going to get the crap beat out of me for half the game, half the preseason. Indianapolis doesn't have that. They just don't. Like, you, Rivers is going to have to play some. You agree with that? Play what? In, in preseason, he's going to have to play. Sure. You got to get it. Some. Yeah. I mean, because you're not able to work out with anybody right now. So he's going to have to, he's going to have to get some kind of relationship with his receivers. So that every rep, every snap in preseason game, weight it as much as you want to weight it. He's going to have to, he's going to take away from Jacoby. He's going to take away from Jacob Eason. It's, this is the format you want to go by. Uh, it's going to suck for anything, Lynn, unless the ownership says we understand what this season is going to be and we're going to stick with you for two years at least. I don't know what his contract status is. But at least if that, if he has that kind of guarantee, which you can't, you know, can't call it a guarantee, then maybe I will, I'll be hopeful for it. But we just know what kind of shot Tyrod Taylor is going to get unless he comes out house on fire goes like four and oh or three and one and now he's he's dealing wheeling and dealing it'll be I, interesting i'll say and it would have been interesting if they got cam but i like the move of sticking with what you got because you just would have clustered up that room so much no i and i agree 100 100 with that because you don't draft a quarterback that high to not have him be the future of your franchise now, he may not pan out to be what they hope he is. I know you're not hopeful for him, but uh, you know we, we you know you you weren't big on Daniel Jones either, correct? And and we, we still don't know what we have entirely with Daniel Jones. So I'm not. You could be totally correct there, but you won't really know what you have until he steps on the field and plays. Um, but I agree. Bringing Cameron was a mistake. Number one, you don't have a guy you say is your starter in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know Justin Herbert. Whether it's for better or worse, time will tell. Is the the guy who's going to be the future, at least for a few seasons. You don't bring in a Cam Newton and muddy those waters. That's just ridiculous. It's the same thing. It's like everybody's saying he's going to end up. Cam Newton's going to end up with the Patriots. I don't see that happening. Number one, there's there's no way Cam's going to take a discount. There's no cap room for him. No, there's zero cap. Room zero for cap room for him. They haven't signed their second the the first well second round pick, but their first pick in the draft. They haven't signed him yet. Right. They can't. So just just have Cam sign with the Jaguars and end this. Like we there's really only a couple of places he can go. Right. I mean it, but no, I a hundred percent agree as far as the Chargers go. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor, let him start. I mean, let's be honest. Tyrod never got a fair shake in Buffalo, never got a fair shake in Cleveland. He's not gonna get a fair shake in LA with the Chargers. He's gonna have three or four games. The first time he goes out there and does not perform to a stellar level, they're going to say, oh, he's on the hot seat. And then they're going to put Justin Herbert in, which is wrong because they should wait. 
they should wait because Herbert was inconsistent in college and they should wait to see what they have and then develop his skills, but they're not going to do that because that doesn't sell tickets. The new quarterback in sells tickets and merchandise. And that's, you're going to have another Tyrod Taylor situation where he ends up getting put on the back burner without getting a real shake at it. And Herbert's going to come in and be the guy and who knows what happens after that. But I mean, he doesn't have really far to go to be the best quarterback in that town. Honestly, his only, you know, his only um, competition is is Jared the puppet Goff. So, I mean, <laughs> at least he, even if he's not the best in the NFL, he can be the best in LA. True. So, Chris, I want to ask you: Did you uh, watch any of the Last Dance at all? I did not. I I, I didn't. Uh, I just. I didn't either. I always liked Jordan. I always loved watching him play, but it just didn't. And ESPN, for, you know, I have some mixed feelings on ESPN, but they always, they, production value is always very, very good with the stuff they do, documentary-wise. So, but, like, they're 30 for 30. Production value is great. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother. I heard good things, but. I heard, I heard mixed because yeah. Jordan was, Jordan had to had to have the check off on everything. So. Right, but apparently yeah. he checked off on a lot of stuff they didn't think would be okay. Right, so. but not everything was checked off. So, I bring that up because apparently Malper Pujols is comparing Mike Trout to MJ. Is that what I'm hearing? That is what I read. Albert Pujols, and and in fairness, he didn't directly say uh, that. Mike Trout is Michael Jordan. He said that he's like Michael Jordan because every time he's on the field, you know you're going to see something special, which I can understand. I mean, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find anybody in 2020 who doesn't say Mike Trout's the best baseball player on the planet. Um, You just said that's not what he said, though. Like, every time... He's on the field. No, no, no. Special happens. Right. But I'm, I'm going with it somewhere here with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, everybody, for the most part, can agree. Mike Trout's the best baseball player. Maybe not on the planet. I don't know. It could be somebody in a Japanese or, or league over in, in Asia that's better. But that I've seen, Mike Trout's the man right now. And something special does usually happen when he's on the field. However, there's a very special thing that usually happens at the end of the year called the playoffs and uh, the World Series in baseball's case. Correct. The Mike Trout is not normally a part of. I believe he's only been in one playoff series. Meanwhile, Jordan has six NBA Finals trophies. Correct. And you really can't compare them. Y- you just can't. I mean, Trout is great. Trout is gonna be a hall of famer first ballot i mean hell the way he's going he should be unanimous without a problem probably won't be because that's how it goes but man to say he's michael jordan that's just not that's not accurate man you need somebody who has championships and playoff history and i don't blame trout for that because he can only control what his own bat does he's he's fine on defense he's great at the plate i don't fault him for that it's not his fault but I mean, for Pujols to come out and say, he's like Michael Jordan. I get where he's coming from. He wasn't trying to be controversial. That's not really Albert Pujols' style. But I, I just don't see the correlation. 
No, I don't either. There's, there's actually, I see, because I, I, I think of MJ, I think of greatness personified in the double nickel in the garden with the flu. I think of hitting that late shot against the Jazz in the, in the, yeah, it was the finals. Yeah. It was game I, I, six. It's, it, that was a game that sealed it. I, I just think of him, six NBA finals. We don't know what would have happened if he didn't do his first retirement. Obviously, if you watch the last dance, there's a lot about he was willing to run it back for that, uh, what was it, 99 season? Because they won in 98, right? Yeah, they won in 98. But he was willing to run it back in 99. I'm not going to get into that because uh, I don't know the history and I didn't watch the last dance. All I'm going to say is there could have been more championships. And you just think of greatness. You think of MJ. You think of Tom Brady with the championships. I just don't Joe see. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Um, I'm trying to correlate. I guess if you if you want to correlate someone with MJ, clutch, playoffs, World Series, championships, you think of one person in baseball, Chris, and it's the guy you brought up a few episodes ago, it's David Ortiz. Yeah. He's got the rings. He's got the hardware. I'm he's sorry, got the Mike. love of the love of an entire city and region that no matter what he does, he he walks on water. And what do you when you go to Chicago? What is you go to the I think it's the United Center. Yeah, I think it's United Center. What is in front of the United Center? Oh, Jordan statue. Right. Like it, it's. I'm sorry, but if you go in front of Angel Stadium, which I think that's where they still play, there's not going to be a Mike Trout statue anytime in the near future. Well, I mean, he's still playing. That Jordan statue wasn't there when Jordan played, so that's not really fair. But I'm I'm projecting forward because if he keeps on his same narrative, yes, he will be one of the greatest baseball players ever to live. He's going to have – he could run up those home run totals. He could push Barry Bonds out of the way. Possible. I don't think he will, but it's possible. It's just right now he doesn't even have a, a, a playoff series win. He doesn't have a win, Chris. No. Not he doesn't even have a playoff win, period. I'll correct myself on that. He doesn't have a win. They got swept by the Kansas City Royals in 14, and he hasn't been in the playoffs since. I get it, the Astros have been a juggernaut for the past few years, but you haven't even sniffed the wild card. It just the 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 if if you want to say greatness, um when he steps on the field, something great's going to happen. I mean, taking the factor of baseball, a lot of dull things happen in between pitches, in between at-bats. And you want to say if you erased a lot of the time-consuming stuff and you just pared it down to what actually transpires during the game, I can see some correlation to where Mike Trout – a lot of stuff happens when Mike Trout is on the field. A great catch, a great diving catch. I mean, the guy can just take a take a, a outside slider and just rocket it over the right field wall. But I just don't – I think it's a bad comp for Pujols to kind of go there. And it's yeah. un, unnecessary for him to go there. And it's so hard, too, to make any kind of comparison between sports because it's so different. 
I mean, in basketball, you obviously rely on your teammates too, because the one thing I, I do know about that documentary is Jordan did give credit to the people around him who helped right. make him who he was. Now he, he was, you know, like if you're making a cake, like the biggest ingredient in a cake is flour. Jordan was the flour, but you still couldn't have the cake without the eggs and the oil and all other stuff. So, I mean, are we going yeah, to do a cake breakdown of all the players? Because then we could put uh, Robin just, as the eggs, you know. No, nah, dude, Steve, Pippin, 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 no, no, Pippin was the eggs, dude. Pippin, Pippin held that shit together. Um, so what? Dennis Rodman's assault. Rodman's like the weird sprinkles on the side, man. Okay, okay. And no, no, no. Rodman, Rodman had his place, dude. When Rodman was on his game, he was awesome. But like, he tried to be odd. That was his thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock Rodman, but like. He's an out there character, man. So, I mean, everybody loves sprinkles. It's not a knock. And they're part of a good cake. Well, that's actually kind of a weird analogy. You don't put sprinkles on a cake. But those little, like, the confetti things. Like, put the confetti cake. You know what I'm talking about. There's sprinkles, Chris. They're sort of a sprinkle. Yeah, okay, okay. Makes sense, but yeah. I'll give you you leeway on that one. All right, cool. Um, But no, I mean, but do you need it? You, You still needed Rodman to make it complete. Like, you needed everybody that was a part of it. It's like, you know, Tom Brady in New England. Yeah, Tom Brady was a huge part of it because Tom Brady's a great player. But there's a lot of things that happen that contributed to those championships, too. Ty Law picking off Kurt Warner in the first Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, great defensive plays in, in, uh, you know, the second and third Super Bowls. And that that catch by Edelman in 51 that led, you know, the, the great comeback and just... There's always something. It's not just the star. They need great role players too. There's some good players on the Angels, but they have not done anything. Well, I mean, Pujols isn't helping. No, like literally, his <laughs> his his bat has just declined over the years. But his his paycheck is not really changing too much. No, and and they need pitching. They need, been, they need pitching and they needed pitching for years and they never, ever, ever seem to be able to put that together. And the, the problem, like, it's not Mike Trout's fault. Mike Trout, I'm looking at his stats right now. I mean, the guy is just, he is as good as you're going to find, as consistent as you're going to find. One of the few true five-tool players in the game. It, but you just, the team can't put it together. You need a team an organization that can make two plus two equal four. And the angels just aren't that organization. The bulls were, they knew what they had to do. The Patriots were, they knew what they had to do. The Cowboys in the early nineties knew what they had to do. Uh, The Niners knew what they had to do. The Celtics, when they went on their run and the Lakers knew what they had to do. The angels have no idea. So you can't make the comparison. It doesn't work. And, and looking at the, the sports are different because, MJ can have such a Trout and MJ can have greatness and impact in a game, but it doesn't equate because MJ can have a greater impact because there is a reduced number of players and you're on the field on the basketball court more like literally Mike Trout could be on like half of his time uh, in a game is spent in the outfield. He could literally not see the ball in the outfield for two to three innings. Right. Like MJ, do you, can you imagine an entire quarter where the MJ didn't touch the ball? I, I he'd have he'd have a conniption on the court if he didn't touch the ball. That's that's the biggest difference between 
Trout and MJ. Well, if Trout was in the NBA, we'd have a different discussion. But and here's the thing too: you can't in baseball. You can only score when you're when you're on offense when you're at the plate. There's no scoring in transition. There's no interceptions, uh, turnover, scoring on defense. Right. Baseball, you score when your team's at bat. Trout can only do something for the brief period of time he's at the plate. Right. Like baseball is probably the hardest sport for a star player to impact those around him. Now it's very, very possible. And it has happened before you can make a player better, but, or, or, you know, they don't want to have to deal with you. So they're going to deal with the guy in front of you in the, in the batting order. And like the guy who hit in front of David Ortiz was going to see a lot more hittable pitches because they'd rather deal with that guy than David Ortiz. And the same with the guy, you know, um, Kelly bonds, Griffey in his prime. Uh, I mean, just all, all the greats, Whereas, like, in basketball, oh, somebody gets a steal, throw it down the court to Jordan, Jordan can score in transition. Like, right. there's just uh, defensive bat picks off the ball, runs it back, he just scored six points on, on, on defense. You don't have that in baseball. It's just a totally different setup. It's it's not a comparison that can make sense no matter what. Yeah. I mean, look at, Bo- look at Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., and Tony Gwynn. They combined to have how many World Series rings? Uh, I believe zero. Okay. Now you look at Robert Ori for in, in basketball. I believe he has 10, 10, 10 championship rings. Oh my I, God, it could really? be 11. It could be 11, but I think it's 10. Wow. Somewhere between nine and 11. I, I'd have to look it up because he's got rings with the, the San Antonio Spurs and he's got rings with the LA Lakers. And I believe he got one with Houston, which by the way is, I believe the year that um, MJ was retired. Yep. It just, I mean, Robert Ori is a great clutch player, but is he going to be on the top 200 lists of all-time NBA players? No. But Barry Bonds is, Ken Griffey Jr. is, Tony Gwynn is. It just tells you the difference between the sports. It just does. Well, we just talked about Pujols, and uh, I have a feeling we might be talking about him again very shortly. Because with all these, you kind of, not every contract ages well. So I figured it'd be fun to right. kind of give our opinion on what we feel is the best and worst free agent contract of the last 10 years. Didn't have to be exactly 10. It could be from a little earlier in the 2000s. But that's about the time when you started seeing these massive inflated contracts. I mean, A-Rod was really the first huge one I remember. Like, massive. 250 million plus. Then you had Manny Ramirez, which is a little bit less. I mean, that same offseason. And then you had, you know, you had your your big numbers here and there. But it was not as astronomical as it started to become in in the mid-2000s. You know, upwards of last 10 years so i thought it'd be fun to just kind of look back and see which contracts aged well which to be honest for the money they get is not very many and which ones aged poorly which was a much easier pool to choose from so ben which contract do you feel in the past you know 10 10 plus years is the worst so so 
while you said it earlier in the, the episode free agent I, I was like having a thought and an epiphany i'm like you said free agent when i think free agent signings i think of a player moving on from another team so i had to make i had to make an alteration okay i had originally went with jody Botto. But if you realistically look at it, he resigned. He it's not afraid to sign. I mean, you could have gone with him, but yeah, though, that, no, no, yeah. But I, I want to go with the purity of a a team gambling on a contract. Okay. So I shifted. Um, and I also that ex- excludes my third pre- my third pick of Dustin Pedroia. So. Number two was going to, is David Price, but I'm going to go with number one being Robinson Cano. Yeah, that was not that did not work out the way the Mariners hoped it would. And he signed a ten year, two hundred and forty million dollar contract. Signed it in 2014. Uh, there's z- zero World Series victories. Zero playoff appearances. No MVPs, no batting titles. They traded him five years into the contract. And they had to give up Edwin Diaz and $20 million to ship him out of yeah, town. Yeah, their stud all-star closer to get him out I, of town. Yeah. I, it, it, it cost the team years of other player control. It cost the team opportunities. It costed the last four years of King Felix's career in Seattle, which flamed out. Uh, I think he, I think he's another player that has like one playoff appearance. I'd have to check on that, but for, for as great as King Felix was, he barely had any playoff experience, which is sad. Yeah. Sad. The dude won the Cy Young with 12 wins in a season because he was so dominant, but the team couldn't score and help him. Right. And they gave up all this money to Robinson Cano because he was going to be the answer. He was going to be the solution to their problems. He had some decent numbers. There was one year he was, you know, going really good. And then as soon as he got his wrist injury, I think it was uh, 16. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 16 or 17, 16. it was his hand injury. And he just never seemed to be the same. And as much as I'd like to go down that David Price hole, rabbit hole, and that thing is a – the, 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 the difference was is that the Red Sox got a World Series out of David Price. And he was a big part of that play, uh, that run too. So uh, they, don't, they don't win him without David because no, of uh, no Chris Price's uh, – David uh, Chris Price's – Chris Price's – Chris Sale's injury – which we know was an injury. Um, they don't win it without David Price, so that's why I had to drop him down one spot. Just Robinson Cano, and now he's pl- plaguing the New York Mets uh, until his contract's done. Yeah, and the thing is, I think they found out really quick with Cano, which I think a lot of people, including the Yankees, who didn't re-sign him, or even, to the best of my knowledge, make an offer even close to what the Mariners did. Oh, they had to blow him away. They they had to, but I think Robinson Cano found out really, really quick. He was not the reason the Yankees were as successful as they were. He was a big part in a lineup that had a lot of support around him that made him better. And when he got out to Seattle, 
very, very quickly realized, uh oh, I don't have this line of protection. Oh, they also the other factor is he played eighty two games in a stadium that had a short porch to sure. right field. Right. And he found out real quickly that that cavernous Seattle Mariner uh stadium didn't help. And even when they moved the fences back, because they did all the metrics of well, if we move it back, uh, move it up this many feet, all these home runs that Cano and all these other players that would have hit, that would have hit, they would have landed over the fence. So great, we'll bring it. It still didn't matter. No, but because by then he had the wrist injury and he wasn't the player he was. You know, he took for granted that he had a short perch to right field, and he had protection in the lineup, and then he became the guy. And it didn't work out. And they, the Mariners, are at fault for this because they should have known when a team like the Yankees, who just has no problem taking out the checkbook for anybody they want and signing a ridiculous contract, just essentially let him walk away and get blown away by another offer. They should have seen that as the first red flag. Because let's not forget, it's it's easy to forget in the last five years, Cano has not been the same guy he was in New York. He was huge in New York. I, like I just... he he was seen as the next leader of the team to take over for Derek Jeter. That's what he was seen as, and that was not what he ended up being by any means. Because everybody thought because of that he was just going to re-sign with the Yankees, and that was a foregone conclusion. He was going to be the guy, the face of the team, and it didn't work out that way. Just just want to remind you. I mean, I I agree with the Yankees, and if, if they weren't going to sign him or if they didn't. Give them all the money. The Yankees did sign Jacoby Ellsbury to that ridiculous contract. I just want to point that out. Well, yeah, but that proves my point even more. They still thought they saw something in Ellsbury they were willing to pay him. And look what happened there. They weren't even willing to give uh, Cano that money. So I, I I know for a fact that you you didn't pick Robinson Cano. So, Chris, who did you select? I picked – it's funny, too, because I, I really liked the player that I picked. But – I will explain my reasoning. My my worst contract is Albert Pujols. Um, completely un. Didn't know we were going to have a contract uh, a conversation with um, you know multiple multiple Pujols mentions, but yeah, he he has to be. And I understand people saying, well, he's actually served out his entire contract. How can he be the worst? Okay, that is a point. Good point. The problem is, what they paid him at the time. They paid him, I believe it was two forty, over ten years. Okay, not the biggest contract ever, but still massive, and it still put a major strain on a smaller market team being able to sign more people. They never did anything with Pools. A few playoff appearances, never made it anywhere. There were no better off for signing him, and his numbers. I mean, he played eleven seasons. And with the Cardinals and St. Louis. And those 11 seasons, he was about as good a hitter as you could probably remember all throughout baseball history. I mean, no exaggeration. He was a monster. He nicknamed him a hitting machine. He could not be stopped. This guy was just like insane at the plate. Gets to Anaheim at the time. Now L.A., or L.A. Angels of Orange County, Southern California, San Diego. I don't know, whatever the hell they call themselves now. And 
I mean, okay, run over some of the numbers here. Mm-hmm. I, I like to back up my outlandish statements with numbers. That way people don't think I'm just pulling them out of nowhere. No, okay. that's my job. <laughs> yeah, it's your job, and then we do sports court, and I, I kind of try to debunk that. All right, the runs. Runs? 11 years in St. Louis. 1,291 runs. Great. Awesome. Eight years in L.A., 530. Not even comparable. I think a three-year difference, and he has less than half of what he had there. Okay? So, 2,073 hits in 11 years with the Cardinals. Just over 1,100 in eight years with the Angels. Home runs? 445. With L.A.? 211. Batting average. Here's the big one. 328. What's his batting average? First 11 years total with the Cardinals. Gets to L.A., it's 258. A 70-point decrease. They brought this guy in to be the guy. He was the most feared hitter in the game at the time. The best hitter in the game at the time. This guy was a monster. This guy could transform your lineup. And he did none of that. And by the way, the next two seasons, 30 plus million dollars on the book. This guy was still at an age where he should have been able to be competitive. And he had Mike Trout on the team. Mike Trout's on his ninth year. Pools was on his, I believe, first or second season when Mike Trout began to be the Mike Trout we know now. They had years and years and years of what should have been prime years in the Angels organization together, and they did nothing. Nothing. Albert Pujols is a first ballot Hall of Famer because of what he did with the St. Louis Cardinals, and then he added on and padded some stats when he came over to the Angels. But that contract... Just, it was so ugly because he just was not, they brought him in to be the guy and he has numbers like an above average role player and it has hampered their franchise ever since. Yeah, they re-signed Mike Trout because they had to. Where's their pitching? Where's their bullpen? Where's the starters they can bring in? I mean, the year they signed Pujols, they signed Dan Heron to a monster deal. That worked out well. They brought in Josh Hamilton, too, yeah. to be protection, and yeah. that didn't work that out That didn't either. work out. Like, this, this, it just did not work out. And this is one of the few times where, you know, you sign a big contract and you always have the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be bad. He's on, the, he's on the wrong side of 30, and this isn't going to pan out well, and it's going to be a waste of money. I remember sitting there hearing people say that. And just looking at it and going, but this is Albert Pujols. Like, this is this is going to be okay. Because even if he can't run anymore, this dude still has his bad speed. He still has all the, all these attributes and all his talent. And they were right. It just did not pan out the way it should have. And, and to hammer, unfortunately, hammer your point, um... Before he left, I mean, in, in St. Louis, like every year there's some court, there was some sort of award or top five in a MVP. Oh, yeah. Conversation. And then when he goes to LA, 
He has two 17th place finishes in MVP and an all-star game in 2015. That's all he's had. Albert Pujols was was the best hitter on the face of the earth when he was in the state with the St. Louis Cardinals and went to the angels and he was slightly above average. And he is the all-time leader in grinding into double plays. Which yeah, is and, that, and that wasn't with the Cardinals. That was, I mean, anybody, go go Google Albert Pujols stats. Look at the comparison between the Cardinals and the Angels. And if you were to separate them and, and put them in a vacuum, you'd go, there's no way that's the same player. There's, there's just no way, but it is. And it, it the contract did not age well. And he's got a lot of stats through his years in St. Louis where he was the all the major league leader of that year in stats. And then in, he gets to L.A. and he leads the major league in one stat, and that's grounded in double plays. I don't know. It just hammers the point that the St. Louis Cardinals knew what they were doing. Yeah. Didn't, they, didn't the Cardinals win? When, when, they won another series after he left, didn't they? I believe yeah. they. I believe they won a year before he left. So he was he was leaving as a World Series champion. Oh, I and then they, and then they, and they did win another one after he left, also. Right, one, one, one with Matheny. Yeah. Um, had to have been a year or two after. Yeah, after Pujols left, yeah, because they weren't they were a couple years apart, but I, I believe they won two. So because they had the old four at the Red Sox, and the, the, we don't know the Red Sox won that one. Yep. But then after that, they won, and I want to say no, uh, no. They won at eleven. That's it. Oh, really? I could have sworn they won another one. Must have, oh no! They, I, yeah, they okay. went. They yeah, went. They went to another one. Yeah, they went to another one and they lost. Went to another one against the Red Sox actually and lost that one. Yeah, but the Pools was long gone by then. Yeah, I know no one wants to hear it, but it's just sometimes it's difficult to remember all the championships. That the <laughs> yeah, local team plays for. Um, I guess some Philly fans just don't understand that. Well, speaking of championships. Uh, we actually ended up both agreeing because with the bad comes the good. So there's the flip side, a free agent contract that has seemingly been worth every penny. And as I said, speaking of championships, the same we ended up picking the same guy who is a current champion. Oh, it's not that hard to – actually, you look at it, it's not that hard to figure it out, really. No. I mean, it, it, there, there is – and, I mean, just look at – this guy's numbers. And of course we're talking, you want, you want to tell him or should I well, go ahead? Good. It's one of my personal favorite non Red Sox players. I've been a fan of this guy ever since he was with Detroit. I, uh, the Red Sox signed David price the same offseason. This guy signed with the nationals for less money. And I, of course I'm talking about the great Max Scherzer and this guy has been, as good as you can possibly imagine ever since signing his contract signs a seven year, $210 million deal. By the way, like I said, the same off season, the Red Sox signed David price to two years, two seventeen, And I was furious. I, I don't, I think people like started ignoring my phone calls because I was telling <laughs> everybody who would listen. Sure. was the guy you the, the MLB had just gotten a new TV contracts and, all these teams had money to just throw at players. And you had Scherzer and Price up, and the Sox went with David Price. And I said, Max Scherzer is the guy. And I 
I was not wrong, unfortunately, but my team did not sign him. So like I said, seven years for 210. He's been on the team for five seasons now. An all-star, all five seasons. Two Cy Young Awards in that time. Two-time strikeout uh, uh, leader in the league. Uh, like I said, helped lead his team to a World Series championship this past season. I mean, and every year he hasn't won these awards, he's been in contention. I mean, his ERA is like 2.47 over, over nine innings in those five years with 11-plus strikeouts per nine. He, you could not ask for any more bang for your buck. And it's a credit to Max Scherzer because he got his big fully guaranteed contract, and it just made him better. This is a guy who wants to play, wants to win, and he, he lets his play on the field uh, lets his play on the field prove that. Yeah, I have just, I mean, I could add more to it. I mean, he threw uh, from 2015 to 2019, he started 25 plus games. Yeah, consistency. Yeah. They've had, and in that time frame, they've had three playoff runs, a wild card, two division titles, obviously the World Series victory. It's, it's just, it's, it's easy. I would like to give a, a, what is it, uh, honorable mentions to, a gentleman, since we both picked uh, Max Scherzer, I would like to give honorable mentions to one John Lester. Uh, okay, yeah. Just honorable mentions. You know, it's not a, a crazy contract he signed, six and 155. But at, he's played every year, 31-plus starts each year in Chicago. Really? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, the only one last year was – 31. The other, the other years is 32. Won, won a World it, Series in Chicago. Nobody could say that for 100 plus series. years. Yeah. Double digit wins each year. You know, obviously the ERA is crazy, but you know, he plays in Chicago. It's a little bit of a band box. And and he's that guy you just you wish he was still in Boston, honestly. I wish he still was in Boston. Oh, I do too, man. I hate it when they traded him. Uh, you undersold him. You under had you offered him the contract you should have offered him to begin with that beginning of the season, he would have signed with the team, but they decided, what was it? Like, I want to say it was like five and 80, five and 85. I think they offered him or some, it, it was ridiculously slow. And then they came up just before the season started and it still wasn't enough. And then they trade him, and they offered him some joke contract to save face in the off season to kind of just say, Oh, well, we want to bring you back. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like five and one thirty-five or something, but it was just too late. And, and I don't blame him for going to Chicago. I don't either. And, and it, they don't re-sign him and they don't go after Max Scherzer, but they, 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 you know, back up the brain truck for David price. And then they, although Chris sale could have gotten more somewhere else, give Chris sale $25 million a year and, Price is, price, price is essentially being paid to not pitch in Boston now. And Chris Sale is recovering from Tommy John surgery. So we'll see him in a year and a half. So you wonder why the Sox are in the spots they're in? That's why. Bad decisions in the front office. And, it, and it's kind of funny because the reason why they didn't sign John was because they didn't want to sign a pitcher over 31. And then what do they do? Or, or is it 30, 30? Yeah, like 30. A pitcher over 30. Uh they don't want to sign yet. They go and sign. They sign uh, David Price to that fat contract. I think he might have been 29 at the time, but let's be technical. 
And I know Chris Price was uh, Chris Sale. I don't like to keep saying Chris Price. Chris Sale was, was over 30. Well, his new contract would start over 30. It, it's just you take a beat with John Lester. Um, and you try to fix it by extending overextending yourself with David Price and, uh, and Chris Sale. Yep. Like you made the right move by trading. I, I, I get we we lost Yohan Mankata, great talent, Michael Kopech. He blew out his arm, but he's on his way back. He's still young. You had to give up those pieces to get Chris Sale, and you don't win that series. You don't get to the World Series without Chris Sale that year. But you didn't need to do that extension. And I get you paid the price for David Price. You had pun, a, pun intended. I hope. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Um, but because of things you did, you had to give up Mookie Betts. Because of things you did, you had to give up a Mookie Betts. Oh, it was over- same as last time. Yeah, because of Carl Crawford, they had to trade Adrian Gonzalez. And, yeah. There's a history of this. It's a pattern. And, and you, you, we all like we all love Mike Lowe and what he did. But you extended him. And a year, it was it had to been a year later. Kevin Euclid is the starting third baseman. It's just pointless. It, it's just, it's it's the opposite of what New England does, and and it's what Theo's trying to do in Chicago, where he's trying to turn over the roster and and make sure that he's not he's not biting himself in the ass on a contract that's gonna hamper him three years down the road which is why he's you know uh um uh chris bryant he won't give a a long-term contract to which i understand and but then it's like someone like the san diego padres where it's like five years ago they went all in and got all these players and then a year later they're selling pieces off right and then last off season what do they do they go out and get manny machado Dude, how and, much how much talent could they have gotten collectively if they took what they paid Machado a year and split it up amongst four or five players? Right, they could have. They could have actually built a respectable team instead of a guy to sell jerseys. But that's what they wanted to do. It, it, it's it's the difference between smart organizations and dumb ones. And what you do if you win the World Series, what do you do after that to kind of set yourself up? And Houston's in that spot right now where they had to sell. I don't know what piece like like they could have gave Michael Fires an extension after the they won, but they didn't. They moved on from him, and Tampa Bay gave him the money. I think it was, and that's kind of what you got to do. You got to play that game of who you're going to pay and who you're going to not going to pay, and are you going to get that return on investment? And some teams just don't do that. And look at look at the Nationals. The Nationals are our proof. I mean, they won the World Series this past season. Then they run it back. They, what's that? Are they running it back with the same crew? No, well, no, because remember the year before they let Bryce Harper walk, right? Instead of instead of giving them a contract they couldn't afford, uh-huh. they had already signed Scherzer a couple of years earlier. And then this offseason comes up, and it's Steven Strasburg. So he opts out, and they re-sign him. They know who their money makers are. Anthony Rendon wanted bank. They were smart enough to realize 
Rendon's a nice player in their system, but outside their system, we'll see how he is. He's in. He's with the Angels now. The aforementioned mm-hmm. Albert Pujols, uh, you know, um, benefactors, and you know, we'll see. But I mean, I think those are smart moves. Like the Nationals took the money they had to spend, and they kept you know some some quality position players. They right. let the big ticket, big name players walk because they feel they can kind of get value on offense, but pitching is where you what you really need to win. Oh uh, yeah, they they and invest heavily in pitching, heavily in pitching. However, I mean they have a road series trophy, and who knows? Maybe I don't think Scherzer's talent's going anywhere. I mean he's he's not super young, but I mean he has. I think he has a couple of good years still left in him without a problem. And quite frankly. He's only under contract with them for two more seasons. So even if, at this point, if you were to flame out, he'd still be worth the money. Yeah. And, I mean, he could end up never pitching for them again, and he'd still be worth it just based on how dominant he was for those five seasons. There's just a, a rash of players who sign these contracts, these monster contracts, and then they're never the same. And the Nationals are smart for realizing, yeah, Anthony Rendon was a really big part of our World Series win, but we don't have to bring back everybody on offense. Kind of the problem I think the Kansas City Chiefs may run into eventually because they're determined to bring back everybody from that Super Bowl team. And it's going to bite them in the. Sometimes you just got to cut dead weight and realize you just can't keep everyone together forever. No, they should have got rid of Sammy Watkins and they should honestly. They should look at getting rid of Chris Jones. Like, I like Chris Jones. I think there's a disruptive force in the middle, but defensive tackles only get you so far. I'm sorry. So, he's not, and he's not going to, he hasn't signed that franchise tender yet. So, no. what's, what's going to happen there? And we know the big ticket that's coming. We know the big ticket's coming. We're going to talk about that down the road. Yeah. The Mahomes deal. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's, they're formulating that deal. And when that deal hits, it is going to cause waves. I said before, that's going to be the biggest contract in NFL history, Patrick Mahomes. I'd be shocked if it's not. But it's going to it's going to ham it's going to hamper that franchise, it's going to hamper that team and it's going to make it's going to open up that division to the Denver Broncos, especially if the Denver Broncos continue their ascension to what they're trying to do. Absolutely, and it looks like they're 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 they'll be poised for the next few years if Kansas City slips up. But man, about time to get out of here. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Are you good? No, I'm good. All right. Well, if you have any questions or comments for Ben or I on any of our topics or anything else for that matter, we would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they do that? Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod, and on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Sports. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this show. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.